And we are live, guys. Welcome to the show of uh, Stacking Mondays today for a special episode of Stacking Fridays, actually. Um, my name is Mirko. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Stack Awards. And today is my pleasure to interview Dan Rico from the uh, from Akala Network. Uh, welcome, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Awesome. Thanks. Uh, great, great to have you on, on the show. Um, let's jump into some lightning round questions first. Um, what was your first experience in crypto? How, do, how did you get started? First ever interaction with crypto was actually in a in a class in 2013. I had a information security class and we had a one day. It was about like the dark web, Bitcoin, um, the Tor browser and all that stuff. And it was kind of blew my mind. So I, I went home and like researched Bitcoin quite a bit and started studying it back then. I was still obviously young and in, in college. Um, but then, yeah, kind of kept my interest for um, you know, all the time since then. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Coming from the very early roots, um, of the crypto ecosystem. Um, so besides Akala, um, of course, like, uh, what project in the crypto ecosystem are you a lot excited about? Um, I need to be better about looking more outside of the Polkadot ecosystem, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on, on Polkadot. Um, I think as far as like recent activity, um, yeah, I know like Solana, I'm always impressed with their, um, at least like what I do, marketing and BD, like they do a great job. Um, Avalanche is also seeing a lot of growth, um, kind of similar to, to Polkadot in a way with their subnets. So I'm definitely interested in, I need to start learning more about um, the Avalanche tech, but those two ecosystems, I know Nier has a lot going on. I mean, there's just like, there's so many. Um, and now that we're we're working with the wormhole bridge, so um, we're going to be begin working with a lot of these other layer ones that um, we're working with along with uh, the, the wormhole team. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And if you had to pick like one one token, like what, what would be like your highest conviction bet um, like over, over the next few years, even like from the Polkadot ecosystem or whatever? Yeah. Um, from a staking point of view, DOT definitely. It's like, in my opinion, it's by far the best staking asset. Um, and then, yeah, there's a lot of other th interesting things you can do with DOT and staking products. So we'll get into that, I think, later today. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and who in the crypto industry do you uh, really admire or look up to most? Yeah, I was thinking about this recently. If I had to elect like a president of crypto, I think I would elect Caitlin Long. Um, she's super impressive. I've seen her speak uh, a couple times in person. Um, haven't met her yet, but yeah, uh, I think Caitlin Long would be my pick. All right, cool. That's a that's a great one. So, what are your thoughts on uh, DeFi and staking in general? Like in in light of the recent uh, bear market, you can say. Um, do you personally stake, or like, what, how do you see the value proposition of staking? Yeah, staking, it's pretty interesting. So recently with everything that's been going on, I think one thing that has really come to light is that in many ways, DeFi works a lot better than traditional financial systems. If you look at everything with like Celsius and Three Arrows, all the DeFi positions um, were either liquidated or paid off. So everything kind of worked as it was expected to work. Um, so that's a really good sign for DeFi. The problem um, and it's been a little bit difficult to watch the kind of mainstream world who doesn't really fully understand how everything in crypto works, think that because you had all these 
um, centralized finance entities like Celsius and Voyager and all these kind of go under. It made crypto and DeFi as a whole also kind of look bad. Um, but what it really exposed is that CFI, um, the BlockFi, Celsius of the world, they proved that there's product market fit for those type of products because most people in the world don't want to deal with the complexities of crypto. But what they also proved is that we need transparency of the books of these firms. So I think going forward, we're going to see a lot more shift to really good UX, same UX as Celsius and BlockFi provide today, but the back end is going to become a lot more transparent and built on public blockchains. Um, so yeah, excited to see kind of how that shapes up over the next few years. Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely a great vision. Um, so I'm looking forward to that future as well. Um, and like, what is an activity you do from the, uh, to, to relax from the wild crypto markets? Um, I'm a tennis player. I've played tennis since I was like four years old. I need to be, I need to start playing more. Um, but tennis would be one, um, love going to the beach, um, spend time kind of in, in some areas that, that there's beaches, um, hiking, stuff like that. And of course, travel, travel's like my, my biggest passion. So I love crypto has been kind of allowing me to do that a little bit recently, but, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I definitely love the beach too. And, and traveling is always something just to student the mind, um, see new experiences and stuff. Cool. So guys, um, today, um, for a special episode of, uh, Staking Mondays, actually on Fridays. So Staking Fridays, um, what makes, uh, we'll talk about today, what makes Ak Akala different from like DAI and Frax and other stable coins in the industry. We'll talk about, um, Akala's so adoption so far and the near-term growth drivers for Akala. Uh, we'll talk about liquid staking on Polkadot. We'll talk about like what it takes to launch an enterprise-grade liquid staking product um, and generally like the latest changes in the Polkadot ecosystem. If you guys have any questions, um, just put them down in the comments on the YouTube here and we will ask them in the end of the show. So yeah, just keep it coming. Um, anything that you would like to know about Polkadot, Akala, um, about liquid staking or anything like this, just just drop it in the chat here um, and we'll get to it later. So uh, starting with some long form questions here for you, Dan, um, can you give us like a brief summary of like Akala and like the, the key similarities, like, because you, you have like two things, I would say, like you, you have the AUSD um, stablecoin and you have the liquid staking products like L dot. Um, so starting like, um, uh, yeah, starting with the stablecoin, let's say, like, what would you say are like the key differences between uh, like the Dai model, like MakerDAO on Ethereum, and Akala AUSD on on Polkadot? Um, yeah, what are the key differences there? Yeah, um, so I think I can start with um, a little, little bit of background on Akala and kind of how it was built. So um, we were one of the first teams to start building on Polkadot. Um, back when it was really just substrate, which is the framework for building blockchains. And this is about three and a half years ago, the Akala, um, the four co-founders of Akala came from the Ethereum ecosystem, um, trying to find a, a, a platform where they could really scale. So they evaluated Cosmos, Polkadot, um, ETH2, and decided to go with Polkadot because of um, how powerful substrate is. Um, then looking at where Polkadot was going, which is this kind of multi-chain ecosystem of connected blockchains, um, currently, that will scale up to 100 blockchains that are all kind of in the same world. And of course, for 
that to kind of um, flourish, that ecosystem needed financial infrastructure, which starts with a stable coin. So um, they chose a model that was kind of like a, almost like a, if you want a comparison, like a multi-chain version of DAI. So the cool thing about um, AUSD and Substrate is that it's built native to the Polkadot ecosystem, meaning that it can be transferred to any other parachain connected to Polkadot without any bridges. So no bridge risk. So this is allowing every other parachain to kind of adopt AUSD as their default stablecoin. And really AUSD is becoming kind of the, the de facto stablecoin of the Polkadot ecosystem, as well as the Kusama ecosystem, which is more of the kind of experimental network. Um, AUSD itself was the first product that we built around. And then what we were able to do is build an entire blockchain kind of around that and in support of that. So um, we have a liquid staking product that we'll get into. Um, this was built um, to really unlock a lot of liquidity from the DOT ecosystem to allow um, this liquid asset to be used as collateral for minting AUSD. And then we also have a decentralized exchange built into our chain. And the primary purpose of this is to run efficient liquidations for the stablecoin to maintain kind of the, the health and solvency of that protocol. Um, and then on top of our chain, we have an EVM environment that we call EVM plus because we built it with substrate and kind of combined these worlds of EVM and substrate to make the EVM a lot more powerful um, using substrate and all the kind of innovation that came with that. Um, AUSD, um, a couple things that, that are a little bit different than DAI. So number one, the way that liquidations work, um, we have the luxury of launching after DAI and a lot of the, um, you know, DeFi events and market events that have happened over the past few years. So we were able to learn from some of the things that have happened, um, including things like Black Thursday. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a huge liquidation um, in the market that really gave DAI some trouble because liquidations weren't able to process due to all the network congestion that there was at the time during that major kind of correction in the market. So one thing we were able to do um, is improve the liquidation process. So with DAI, they're using these off-chain um, liquidators called makers um, or keepers, sorry. And these keepers were not able to get all those um, purchases in of those liquidations during that congested time. With AUSD, we have two paths that the protocol can take when running uh, liquidation. So number one, it'll check our decks. So every collateral asset that you can mint AUSD with has a deep liquidity pool on the decks. So let's say it's DOT and you're minting AUSD with DOT. If there's a liquidation, the DOT will go to the decks and look for a good price um, on the decks. And then it will also check on-chain liquidation bots. So it'll actually compare these two prices and give the user the best price for their collateral. So that's one thing. The other aspect is oracles. So with oracles, we're able to prioritize oracle price feeds and guarantee that they'll be the oracle price will be in every block. So this makes sure that you don't have an issue with oracles um, not being able to get in a block due to congestion and then throwing off um, price feeds on, on the decks for those liquidations. Um, and then the last thing I think, so I know die transition from single collateral to multi-collateral. Um, AUSD is multi-collateral kind of out of the box. So dot, liquid dot, 
ACA, um, soon to be um, Bitcoin, ETH will be um, kind of collaterals backing the stable coin. But in, in the end, AUSD and Akala are really kind of a credit facility for the whole um, kind of Polkadot ecosystem and then um, probably soon beyond the Polkadot ecosystem as well. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to unpack about Akala. It's uh, crazy, actually, um, how many facets the, the protocol has, which is, uh, yeah, very fascinating. And also, um, good to hear the backstory that, like, basically the liquid staking product, LDOT, was built out of a necessity to, like, to, to unlock DOC as a collateral for the platform, right? Um, so, um, like, can you walk us a little bit through the, the liquid staking protocol? Um, like, Like how, how does this work and what are the differences to like other liquid staking products like a Lido on Ethereum and others? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, liquid staking on Akala or LDOT um, works like this. So DOT natively is of course on Polkadot, which is the relay chain, kind of the core of Polkadot that connects and secures all the parachains that are connected to Polkadot. And then... In order to stake um, DOT on the relay chain, you can use um, mobile wallets like Polka Wallet or Nova Wallet. And then um, on the browser, you, typically people have used Polka.js, which is a um, pretty like um, OG type of tool. You really got to know what you're doing. There's a, a couple of new ones. Um, Talisman is great and Sub Wallet is also great. And you can stake on Polkadot. Um, it's just fine. It's actually one of the best staking assets in the industry around 14%. The issue is that there's a few issues. So number one, um, your liquidity is locked up. So when you stake your DOT, it's kind of staked away and that's about it. You're earning the, the, the staking rewards. There's a 28 day unbonding period. There's also an 80 DOT minimum, which can be preventative for a lot of people around the world. So um, that's a few things. So the reason why we built LDOT is because first of all, we wanted to unlock a lot of that liquidity that right now is kind of just stuck there. Um, when people are staking DOT, they can't do anything else with that DOT or earn kind of additional yield with that DOT. So when people want to stake on Akala, um, they're looking for a few things. So number one, obviously liquidity. So being able to stake their DOT and then earn in DeFi at the same time. Um, number two, uh, instant unbonding. So there's a small fee that you can pay to basically get your um, dot unstaked right away instead of waiting that 28 days. Um, there's no minimum. So I think technically when you stake, there's a five dot minimum. But if people don't have that, they can also just purchase L dot um, on the DEX. Um, so that's a few. And then the other thing is um, a, a just general kind of uh, rewards and yield. So with our protocol, and I'll explain more exactly how it works, but we're able, right now it's around um, 19 or 20% versus 14% on Polkadot. And it's because we're able to select higher quality validators charging lower fees. So taking less of the rewards from the users um, and allowing more of those re rewards to flow on to the actual stakers. Um, so the way the, the protocol actually works, people, users um, bring their dot Basically, it's a, a simple bridge. So you bridge from Polkadot relay chain to the Akala parachain. So you do have to kind of like move, make that move. And then once you're on Akala, you're where you need to be. So then um, right now, if you go to apps.akala.network, this is kind of our, um, this is our front end to everything we've built kind of into the blockchain. Um, there's a liquid staking tab and it's pretty simple. You just go there and it's essentially one click staking. So you 
choose the amount of dot you want to stake, you stake, and instead of your dot being just locked away, and that's the end of the story, with this, you stake and you actually receive L dot, which is kind of a receipt for the dot that you had just staked. So the dot is, is earning the 19 or so percent, and then you get this L dot token that you can then use um, in a variety of ways and in a growing um, amount of ways. So um, when that dot, I'll just explain. So when that dot is staked, um, this goes into a kind of almost like a meta pool of everyone on Akala who's staking their dot. And then that dot um, using XCM or cross consensus messaging, this is a very, um, this is a, one of the most important things on Polkadot which allows us to do cross-chain messaging between different chains. So Akala's protocol is able to stake that dot from that pool back on the relay chain, which is where all the validators are. That's who's securing Polkadot and all the parachains, including Akala. So then there's certain teams who um, we work with directly. So Coinbase Cloud and Blockdaemon are two validators who are validating specifically for the Akala liquid staking protocol. And then there's the rest is kind of a um, just dependent on network statistics of the of the validator. So um, Polkadot has like a point system, uptime, how many slashes they've had, and so on. And this is how the rest of that validator set is chosen for who gets to kind of validate for the Akala protocol. All right. Go so ahead, so yeah. it's actually yeah. Like, it, but like, how much of that look? So how much of that stake is going to like Coinbase Cloud and and Block Demon, and how much of that are like um, other validators? Or like, how how is that percentage determined? It's e evenly split amongst um, basically up to the amount that's in the pool at the time. I'm not. I'd have to go check exactly how many there are at the moment. I think it's around fifteen or twenty. Um, but that's just evenly split amongst those validators because we, yeah, we didn't want to have any impact on like one valid one validator getting too big, um, just getting all the stake from the Akala pool. So yeah, right now it's um, kind of distributed evenly. The other thing is um, there's potential for for some kind of changes that, that are. I don't know if I can fully talk about this actually, but there's some changes we could do with how this is actually determined. So there's there's potential for being able to do some sort of like a voting system um, or community driven, like, Hey, we're electing these validators to be um, validators for the liquid dot pool. So that's kind of how that works in general. Um, the other thing to mention, and you mentioned Lido, um, I'm not exactly sure of their current kind of like uh, tech stack and, and just setup, but one thing, I know at one point it was a little bit, it wasn't fully decentralized um, with, with the Kala liquid dot staking. This, this is a fully trustless and decentralized protocol. There's no um, kind of like interaction or, or assets held by Kala or any entity. Um, all the dot that's staked on the Kala goes directly into the LDAP protocol. Everything's on chain and then staked back on the Polkadot relay chain again, um, kind of trustlessly. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole validator selection is like a super interesting topic that we've been thinking about uh, a lot lately as well. Um, it's like we just launched the verified provider program. Uh, where we do like in-depth due diligence on staking providers just to like help people finding like reliable staking providers and, and validators and so on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think this is uh, just a, a great initiative um, to have like a lot of validators there and also keep thinking about like how to 
to optimize the whole process. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, like for for the for the native level, like for the staking level on the protocol level, um, like so there's like an 80 dot minimum. Um, there's 28 days lockup period and so on. Um, do you think there's a chance that like the the core protocol developers will also like try to push for some for some kind of liquid staking product on the on the protocol level? Because obviously this is like it's a pretty high minimum and lockup period compared to other chains. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would have to say I doubt it. Um, the the Web three Foundation research team are like the definition of gigabrains, they, they've, they've kind of deter determined and, and engineered the entire Polkadot staking system, um, tokenomics, inflation, security, most importantly. Um, I think one thing that we, yeah, Polkadot, the ecosystem needs to just keep this in mind at all times that like what staking and what proof of stake is for ultimately is for securing Polkadot, securing the relay chain. So liquid staking, um, if done in a centralized manner or, or just in a way that takes advantage and tries to pull too much liquidity out can have an impact on the security of Polkadot. So I think liquid staking at the protocol or at the Polkadot level is probably highly unlikely, um, but there's definitely gonna be a lot of teams, ourselves included. I know that Bifrost, Parallel, um, there's several teams that are building um, liquid staking products already for DOT. And that will definitely continue to grow um, over time. How, how do you think will the uh, market share between liquid staking and like the native staking be like in like, let's say five years from now or something? Um, like will basically everyone stake with liquid staking products or um, because then that ultimately means that like projects like, um, like, yeah, what you just mentioned, Akala and everyone is basically like um, controlling like the, the validator set, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, it's hard to predict. I know there's definitely like a good amount of dot that will probably stay on, on Polkadot itself. Um, everything, just like with everything in crypto, I think it's all about like a portfolio mindset. Um, you can see a lot of people probably using some of their portfolio in dot, maybe some in L dot, some in, in Tapio's T dot, which we can get into. Um, just because of varying levels of, of risk and, and things like that. There's, we've, of course we have security number one, um, audits, multiple audits on everything that we launch, but just every time you're kind of introducing a new layer or a new product, there's just inherent protocol risk built into things. So um, yeah, I, I think over time we'll see liquid staking products grow in terms of their kind of piece of the pie overall and, and dot staking. But um, just given like the amount of dot on Polkadot that's also held from like foundation, um, kind of early Polkadot founder, people like that, I, I can see that most likely staying more on the Polkadot side. But um, institutional investors, um, the interest in, in liquid staking is definitely growing. So as the institutional side grows, um, that's specifically going to go to Akala due to this alluvial um, integration that we're doing. Um, that will probably continue to grow kind of the liquid staking um, side of things. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, we, we can go into that right away. Um, the, the alluvial, like, so you recently joined forces basically with alluvial finance, which is um, the liquid staking solution from uh, Coinbase and Figment. Um, and you are working together with them for the Polkadot liquid staking, obviously. 
Um, so what actually went into like um, making the L dot or like the Polkadot liquid staking enterprise ready, basically, or like institutionally investable? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's basically solving a, a few problems. So um, right now there's many institutions and when we talk about institutions, we're talking about fintechs, um, exchanges, custody providers, banks, um, and then generally just enterprises who want access to liquid staking not only for themselves, most likely not just for themselves, for all the millions of customers that are accessing their platform on their website or through their app. Um, so one thing is a lot of these um, enterprises need to know who exactly, who else is in this kind of um, pool of participants, liquid staking, and then also who are the validators. So KYC and AML is a requirement for many of these people and with open, decentralized liquid staking products that doesn't qualify for their internal requirements or wherever they're, you know, whatever the requirements are in their jurisdiction. So KYC is one. Another is um, just reporting in general, being able to comply with local requirements for reporting. Um, so what this allows these institutions to do is come in to a second instance of Akala's liquid staking protocol. So one, um, open decentralized liquid staking. This is already live. And then the cool thing about the way we built our tech stack is it's really flexible. So we were able to, or we are going to be able to create a second instance of our liquid staking protocol that is fully permissioned. So um, KYC AML to get in so that every institution knows who else is participating in this environment. So um, Alluvial, starting with Ethereum, they're working with a team called Kiln. Um, Kiln is providing the tech um, for enabling ETH liquid staking over there. Then um, we're working with Alluvial, Akala is the tech technology provider for enabling um, institutional dot staking in this ecosystem. And then they just also announced that they're working with um, Benki and um, blanking on the other uh, entity, but for Avalanche liquid staking. So there's three currently, um, their website's alluvial.finance. But yeah, like you said, this is a um, kind of a close collaboration and, and the early validators for this will be Coinbase Cloud, Figment, um, and then and then uh, Alluvial also has kind of a, a new and, and growing team as well. So yeah, awesome. that's been great working yeah. with them and lots of potential here for sure. No, definitely. Yeah, I think that's, that's great effort as well, um, just to like, yeah, allow institutions to, to get into this space and also participate in like, yeah, staking overall, um, which makes a lot of sense, I think. And um, so yesterday you actually, or like just recently you launched like the ACA staking program, um, where basically um, the uh, network owners of the Akala network, um, the ACA token holders can stake um, their token to get like the um, ACI AUSD liquidity tokens. Um, so can you walk us through that? Like how, how does this work? Like wh what is this um, initiative about? Because it's a, it's a limited in initiative, right? For like for three months, if I uh, understand correctly. And like, how does the, like, how do you see um, native, like single-sided native staking for, for ACA in the long term as well? Like what, what is your vision there for the token? Um, in terms of yeah, um, yeah, sharing network rewards with with the stakers or uh, anything alike. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, um, 
So ACA, of course, is the, the native token that kind of operates and powers Akala's blockchain, all of our protocols. And then, of course, is backing um, for our, our stablecoin as well. Um, ACA also, so because we're built on Polkadot, Polkadot provides the proof of stake. And the nice thing is, as a parachain, you don't have to worry about proof of stake. You don't have to worry about building up a set of validators or securing your own blockchain. Polkadot handles all of that for you. Um, so with, with Akala and with ACA, um, we started, or we basically launched Akala with a, a fixed supply, so non-inflationary supply. So it's capped at 1 billion ACA. So that, um, of course, poses a challenge to doing staking in the traditional sense, where like Polkadot, for example, has inflation, which is helping to pay validators, um, to reward validators for their work, and also to reward stakers for helping to secure the chain. So on Akala, um, the, the, cap, the supply is capped, just like Bitcoin. And what we are able to do then is kind of some interesting um, creative ways of still um, kind of engaging and, and rewarding um, ACA holders and, and stakers in this case. So we already did this once, um, and now this is the second ACA staking program. And because of the way Akala is built, um, the network itself is is earning um, kind of fees and surplus. So part of this from the protocols like the DEX, the liquid staking protocol, stablecoin, and also um, DOT that is held by the Akala treasury itself. And there's there's a surplus that is um, kind of reached. And at this point we've taken um, 200,000 US and basically used that surplus to buy back ACA just from the network itself, from the DEX. And then what we're doing with that um, that surplus, that ACA is, is interesting. So the first campaign we did, we directly distributed the ACA to ACA holders, um, their stakers in that in that case. In this campaign, we wanted to do it a little bit differently. So sim very similar, but instead of being rewarded directly with ACA, we're rewarding ACA stakers with an LP token. So ACA and AUSD. LP token, which for people who are new to this, it's a liquidity provider token, which means here you have um, kind of a, a share in that pool on our deck. So the ACA and the AUSD pair, meaning that whenever someone or um, bots or institutions trade on that pair, AUSD for AUSD, you as an LP, a liquidity provider, earn fees from that trading activity. So the cool thing is with this way of rewarding our users, we we have we convert basically ACA holders into Akala network users too. So they're becoming deeply integrated in Akala's kind of um, you know operation as a network. So this is a way of so when you when you receive ACA AUSD rewards, you're receiving this LP position, which like I said, you're earning trading fees. But then whenever the user did want to um, kind of get out of that LP position, that would be be able to be redeemed for AUSD and a ACA. So it's like a triple um, kind of three level reward for anyone participating in this um, kind of initiative. Yes, it's capped because of course I said um, there was that surplus was 200K. So that's being used for this campaign. And then in the future, um, the hope is to be able to integrate either more of these types of campaigns or then even potentially um, staking kind of 
um, it's called a pallet, but basically a staking functionality built into the chain that allows more of an ongoing kind of staking operation, but that all is still on definitely kind of in progress. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Also like the experimentation was like just uh, incentivizing ACA holders was like actually like, um, yeah, like ACA and get them involved with the network by also owning the liquidity tokens, earning transaction fees and so on. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Um, so earlier you mentioned like the, the T dot uh, Tapio, um, like, can you walk us through that a bit? Like um, it is like basically like an, like an aggregated um, liquid stacking token. Um, of of Polkadot for the Ethereum ecosystem, or like how how can we understand this? Yep, um, yeah, almost. So um, like right now, um, the Ethereum ecosystem is dealing with the same issue that the Polkadot ecosystem had, which is um, several forms of um, ETH in this case and DOT. So in Ethereum, you've got like Lido liquid staking, but other liquid staking protocols are coming up. So you've got like ETH, STETH. XETH, YETH, ZETH, you know, there's all these different forms. So as a developer or as a DAP, um, if you're, let's say you're Aave, you're a money market and you're deciding which, which assets to stand up markets for and, and to incentivize, do you want to incentivize XETH, YETH, ZETH, STETH, and regular ETH? No, you want to simplify and focus on one with the most liquidity and kind of the most usage. So, um, Ethereum right now is talking about the need for this. Um, the cool thing is that the Polkadot ecosystem already has this. And what the product is, it's, it's a synthetic dot. So ETH is working on a synthetic ETH to aggregate all these long tail forms of ETH into one. And then on the dot side, the Tapio team, um, their website's tapioprotocol.io, pretty sure. Yeah. And Tapio is, um, they're by far one of the best developer teams in the whole Polkadot ecosystem. Um, we luckily got to start working with them about a year ago. Um, they built um, Tapio on, on Polkadot, which has several things. So um, stable swap pools for stable coins, but also um, the synthetic dot asset called TDOT. So right now, the two assets that TDOT is helping to kind of combine are regular dot. So just dot and then L dot, Akala's liquid dot staking product. Um, so when you go, when you put your dot or L dot into this pool, um, it's it says it's on the Akala app. So apps.akala.network, you go in and then when you basically put your liquidity into this pool, it, it mints a T dot token that you have. So that T dot is super powerful because you're holding this, token it's a synthetic token that can be used or even collateralized or lent out on the money market but the underlying pool since there's an LDOT token in there that's earning yield from staking that yield is then passed on to you as a TDOT holder the other thing is that since um, TDOT is running that pool the DOT and LDOT pool um, you're also earning um, trading fees from that almost like you're an LP so TDOT is, is going to be very soon um, probably the biggest and most important asset on Polkadot besides DOT itself, because as more and more teams create new liquid staking products or new liquid crowd loan products, which is kind of a, a very niche thing on Polkadot, it, there's going to be several different forms of DOT that need to be aggregated into one. 
So we've already talked to a lot of DAP teams, whether they're money markets or DEXs, and they absolutely love the idea of TDOT because it solves this exact problem for them of just too many types of DOT. So um, yeah, I'd definitely take a, take a look at Tapio um, and, and TDOT is, is definitely kind of on the rise right now. Awesome. Yeah, that's really fascinating and uh, looking forward to, to follow the project more closely. Um, so um, maybe can you walk us a little bit through like the Akala adoption numbers, like growth and adoption of like first AUSD and LDOT as well? Like, um, because obviously AUSD is supposed to be like the um, native stablecoin of the Polkadot ecosystem. Do you have any, any numbers like in terms of adoption rates or like how much um, AUSD issuance do you have? Like, is there and like where, where does this live? And also same for, for LDOT, obviously. Yeah, so um, as it stands today, so Akala in general, um, we're sitting at TVL-wise, so I'm looking at my stats page, but 430 million um, TVL. We, for AUSD, um, right now, we ourselves, so on Akala, we have our DEX, um, and then there's some stable swap pools, and then there's just barely beginning to be um, DEXs on other chains like Moonbeam and ASTAR that are beginning to incorporate AUSD. Um, we're still in kind of a building phase right now with the way that Polkadot works. Not only do we have to wait for other teams to launch, but we also have to do build these kind of like cross-chain connections, allowing the token transfers to happen. And then there's a lot of BD work that goes into meeting with and talking to all these DAP teams and on all these parachains and getting these integrations going. So for AUSD, it's still, we're still just a couple months into AUSD's kind of lifetime. So the stablecoin TVL right now is sitting at 80 million. Um, total issuance, uh, we're sitting at, where is that? Um, I think it's around right now around eight or 9 million. Um, it's being minted on um, Akala, and then also on Karura, which is our um, Kusama-based parachain. So the cool thing about AUSD is it's like kind of natively mintable on two different relay chains or two different kind of multi-chain ecosystems. And then the wormhole bridge is actually um, bridging those two together. So um, that will allow AUSD to be minted on Karura, for example, and then moved over to Akala to, for example, like pay off a um, CDP loan or even to use on, on a money market on the Polkadot side. So this is all kind of what we've been up to the last six months is like really just low level infrastructure building. And then, um, of course, That's as, the bridge like, between Kusama and Polkadot, basically, right? Basically, yeah, it's from it's from our two parachains to each other. But then that would just have one hop to anywhere else on Polkadot or Kusama. Um, and then right now, let's see, liquid staking, um, there's, yeah, 60 million in um, LDOT liquidity right now on, on Akala, and then 200 million in um, liquid crowd loan dot, which is kind of a liquid form um, for crowd loans, which it would take <laughs> 10, 15 more minutes to explain that. But basically, it's like how you launch on, on Polkadot. So that's left over from when we did that last year. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's that, that's really impressive already. I would say. So, what do you think is the competition like for uh for the liquid staking and stable coins in the Polkadot ecosystem? And like, how how do you differentiate yourself? And like, what what makes you confident that Akala is the the best solution? Mm -hmm. 
so competition so on polka dot um yeah there's no there's no other um polka dot native stable coin so when i say that i mean it's built with substrate which is what all the low level tech on polka dot's built with so AUSD, um, we're working with all the other parachains and everyone's integrating with AUSD because it's um, it's the it's native to Polkadot. It can be transferred anywhere without a bridge. It's also decentralized and censorship resistant because it's backed by decentralized crypto assets, um, not fiat um, backed assets at the moment. And then um, at the at the EVM level, so on some of these parachains, including Akala, there's also going to be um, some stable coins, already some stable coins that have launched at the EVM level. The difference between that and AUSD is that there's, there's, um, it's not native to Polkadot, so there's always going to be some sort of like wrapper or some risk involved with that asset moving it from chain to chain. So Akala, AUSD will um, very likely be used as collateral for a lot of these um, application layer or EVM type of stable coins. Um, but AUSD at its core will definitely be kind of the default stable coin for all these Polkadot Kusama parachains. For liquid staking, um, there's, yeah, I think the, there's gonna continue to be more and more liquid staking options in the Polkadot ecosystem. Um, it all comes down to just evaluating like how decentralized is it is it trustless or is the protocol or, or team actually custodying those assets, which is a big red flag. Um, and then, yeah, the other aspect is just who taking a look at like the trust profile. So I think for us, um, it was, a, it was a positive sign that like Coinbase and Figment came to us and said like, Hey, we'd like to build this institutional product with your technology. So that was a good signal to all of our users um, who are, who were looking at LDOT. Um, for for another kind of you know nudge of confidence in in the L dot protocol. So, all right, yeah. Are you are you afraid of like um, considering that like all the collateral for for AUSD is like only crypto and like still limited to like like just a few assets at least right now, right? Like dot ACA and so on. Um, like, because obviously like the AUS is only worth as much as the, the underlying collateral. So whenever there's any like sharp price drops in like dot, for example, or like if like the, the overall, like, do you think that's a, that's a concern there, there's a risk to it, um, having like only, um, yeah, crypto collateral or like, are you considering to like move to like fiat, um, denominated collateral as well, or any other like real world assets or whatever? Yeah, it's still a little early for real world assets. Of course, we're, we're thinking about it and researching it. Um, as far as the other, it, it's always a trade-off. Um, so Frax and DAI are essentially wrapped USDC at this point. I think DAI is like well over 50% USDC. So at that point, you kind of lose your your censorship resistance um, and decentralization because you're really tied to whatever happens to USDC. Um, but as a over collateralized stablecoin like Dai and like AUSD, um, working with um, real world assets, fiat backed assets, of course, does allow you to to grow a little bit faster. So there is a trade off there. Um, one thing that we just um, started, which is really cool, um, is a, a second way to essentially mint AUSD. So the first one is 
the CDPs or collateralized debt positions where you need to over collateralize and then you can mint AUSD. We just started the second um, method for minting AUSD, which um, is called um, IADS or Interprotocol AUSD Distribution Scheme. It's kind of a mouthful, but that allows us, it's for, it's only for the protocol, not for users, but plenty of benefits for users. So what it allows us to do is mint AUSD directly from the stablecoin protocol into another protocol. So in this case, a three pool um, that was built by the Tapio team. It's a USDC, USDT, and AUSD three pool. And then what happens is the AUSD is minted without a CDP, but then that three pool, when you go into the three pool, you get a three three USD LP token, which then goes back on the books for Akala as backing for what was minted that way. So this allows us to increase liquidity for AUSD overall, just by giving another kind of growth driver, which then reduces slippage and fees for users. Um, it also helps us to improve kind of the on-off ramps for AUSD because a lot of people are on-off ramping via USDC or USDT, given all those um, kind of existing um, options. And then, of course, overall, this um, will continue to grow into new protocols. So um, various protocols across Polkadot and Kusama can become essentially AUSD distributors where they're using IADs to get direct minting into their protocol um, if they pass all the, of course, like security um, checks and making sure that everything is fine on the risk side. So, Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. So... Um... Like the, the, so, there's been a lot going on in the overall Polkadot ecosystem recently. Um, like a lot of changes, new projects, and so on. Like, can you maybe walk us a little bit through from your perspective because you have like very deep insights into the whole Polkadot ecosystem? Obviously, um, like what are the most exciting uh, things that you're looking forward to that are going to come to the Polkadot ecosystem overall in the in the coming months and years? Yep. Yeah. So the Polkadot as a whole is kind of um, making a bet on application specific blockchains um, that are built, of course, for specific use cases. So Akala, of course, we've customized our chain for DeFi, but there's a huge variety of chains. If you there's sometimes I think once a month, Polkadot's doing a community Twitter space. It's very interesting to join because you just see how diverse all the teams are. Um, I know there's, so there's teams doing things like trustless Bitcoin. So Interlay is one that I'm super excited about. Um, we're about to get IBTC, their trustless BTC product onto Akala, which um, the goal is to get that to become a collateral for minting AUSD. Um, there's teams doing identity. There's more general EVM chains. Um, the A-Star team and Moonbeam team are also some of our closest kind of, um, you know, partners or collaborators. So they're doing a great job. Um, there's more specific chains. So um, Akala, of course, has a whole kind of EVM environment built on top. So we're like a kind of an ecosystem play in addition to all the credit facility. But there's other chains like um, HydraDX and Mangata who are focusing on one, building one very good um, parachain for a DEX or an AMM. So those are a couple other teams that we're working with. Um, there's Manta and Fala doing privacy, uh, Remark doing super interesting um, NFT type of tech. Um, 
Centrifuge, of course, they came from the Ethereum ecosystem. They're doing real world assets. Um, so I could go on and on. There, there's a lot, a lot of exciting stuff going on. And, and right now it's a lot of just behind the scenes kind of, um, you know, building and, and developing. Awesome. Um, yeah. How, but, how do you, I, I know there was also like a, a comment here. Um, like, how do you see uh, Polkadot compared to Cosmos at the moment? Um, obviously both are like um, ecosystems that have a, a strong bet on like app chains and um, like shared security. So, um, and yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned like the Akala founders also like um, kind of evaluated that when they, when they started building on Polkadot and so on, like, um, What is what is your take on this, and how do you see, um, yeah, the competition kind of between Polkadot and, and Cosmos ecosystem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're um, these two ecosystems are definitely similar in terms of ethos and kind of where we see the future going. Um, they're definitely built a little bit differently. I think one major difference is that Polkadot has true shared security. We all get our security from Polkadot and we created the, the word shared security. Um, we don't have validators for any of our parachains and none of the parachains have to spend any time or effort in, in building up validator sets. The other thing that that does is all of our security is provided by Polkadot. So Polkadot will always have this, you know, multi, multi-billion dollar um, security that protects all of us. We don't need to worry about lack of security on one chain that we're connected to. Um, Cosmos um, over the past year or so has been trying to kind of meme the, the, the shared security kind of word into their ecosystem, but that's not, they don't have shared security. They're, they have to build up their own validators for every single um, Cosmos chain that's built with the Cosmos SDK. Of course there's benefits and trade-offs to, to both, But on the Cosmos side, um, they're more susceptible to risks of security if one chain has weak security. So when you have, when they use IBC, they're basically only as strong as the weakest link in the chain. So when Terra went down, there was a huge risk to other teams um, that had deep integrations with UST and with Terra um, versus on Polkadot, like I said, all the security comes from Polkadot itself um, versus everyone having, having to secure themselves. Um, but with that being said, th I think there's a lot of work being done in the Cosmos ecosystem to move more towards a shared security model. Um, and they're definitely also like some of the, some of the best devs in the ecosystem. So we're, we're working with um, from the Polkadot ecosystem in general, teams like um, Wormhole, XLR, Nomad, um, helping to connect the two kind of ecosystems together. Um, recently, I know Osmosis and Moonbeam um, started working together to get um, DOT onto um, Osmosis as a, as a tradable kind of asset on their ecosystem. And then of course, I'm sure Osmosis and, and Cosmos assets will start flowing over to the Polkadot side. And then Akala as well via Wormhole, um, very soon be beginning to work with a lot of these other ecosystems um, that we've connected to um, via wormhole so awesome. yeah yeah no like yeah I, i think that's very uh very exciting especially like there can be a lot of collaboration between the ecosystems as well it doesn't need to be necessarily just competition in a sense um yep. so that makes a lot of sense i think um And uh, so uh, as a last question before we go into the the community questions um so 
Oh yeah. Also, like uh, guys, please uh, ask questions. Um, we will still uh, address them uh, in a bit. Um, we have a little bit of time left. Um, so just before we go into that, like, what do you think are the or like to your understanding, what what are the best yield opportunities on AUSD at the moment in the in the Polkadot ecosystem? So the best um, the best yield in the whole Polkadot and Kusama ecosystem right now is on the three pool on um, it's called Taiga. So I didn't mention that because I didn't want to add confusion, but Taiga is basically um, the Tapio three pool, but on the Kusama side, this is built on Karura. So um, at apps.karura.network, um, there's a three pool for AUSD, USDT and USDC. Um, this is currently the, um, the best possible place to use um, AUSD. Um, there's also another, um, there's a lot of stuff coming. So in the Akala EVM, there's um, a team called Pike that is launching. They're building a kind of a native money market, plus um, a lot of other dot staking products and self-paying loans. Um, they're going to be launching very soon, which is going to be one of the best places to use AUSD by lending AUSD. Um, and then, of course, other teams. So in the A-Star ecosystem, Moonbeam ecosystem, um, Hydra DX just integrated with AUSD. So um, lots coming um, as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. So um, yeah, check that out, guys, in the uh, whoever's watching or holding some AUSD. Um, so uh, let's jump into the community questions for today. We had some from Twitter earlier. Um, and this is actually very interesting because we talked about the um, like the the mainstream uh, UX that is like very uh, kind of yeah easy to use like Celsius and so on like all these CFI apps kind of um, like what does it take for for Akala to become like a mainstream DeFi app with like let's say CFI like UX? Yeah, so this is one of our main focuses um, is. Of course, AUSD and LDOT are a huge focus and crypto native stuff, but our other kind of um, focus is on this blend between real world and um, blockchain or DeFi kind of on the back end. So Akala will never be a um, front end U like UX like BlockFi or Celsius. We will always, we're technology providers, we're back end um, infrastructure. So. Akala, um, one example of this is we're working with Current.com. They're a fintech in New York uh, with 4 million customers. And we're building a DeFi backend to provide yield to their um, customers that are using their checking account or savings account on their app from the iPhone or from the Apple Store or, or Android, of course. These are users that are already used to that experience, um, getting their paychecks there and, and using that for their checking account. But then very soon, Current will introduce um, crypto products. And then those crypto products, some of them will be, of course, integrated with Akala products, as well as teams building on top of Akala. So for DeFi teams that are looking to have kind of major access to institutional use, I think building on Akala makes a lot of sense because we'll be plugging in a lot of institutions um, through our open protocols and also through this whole permission DeFi um, stat tech stack that we're going to be standing up. Um, pretty soon. All right, nice, nice. Yeah. So, um, like, th there was also another question that that is like very, very similar. Like, what what are the biggest UX updates for Exa for Akala like coming up in the in the next few months? Like, maybe some 
Um, and like, uh, will I be able to interact with Akala from my Ledger wallet anytime soon? Yeah. So this hasn't been, I was actually going to announce this today. So I uh, haven't just haven't done the, done the announcement yet, but Ledger, um, it's not fully ready yet, but luckily the dev mode is at least ready. So we're getting closer. It's been a pain for us and everyone else kind of in the ecosystem. So I'm really excited to start getting that closer to fully live, but at least I saw people tweeting about it yesterday with pictures of their ledger. Definitely I'm working on the dev mode for people who are kind of more advanced. Um, and then the other, what was the other question? Uh, generally like the biggest UX updates for, for oh, yeah. Akala. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've been working a lot on this internally. Um, Josh on our team um, has been working with, um, Lawrence, who's done a lot of our product work, and they're making a ton of improvements to um, our apps. Of course, we have two parts. We have two kind of sets of engineers at Akala because we do a lot. We do uh, substrate protocol layer stuff, and we also have our own um, at, like front-end apps, of course. So one of the things that has been definitely in need is improved, um, I guess, dashboards or reporting or stats of like, okay, how are you, how is my liquid staking doing? What am I earning, you know, daily or weekly? Um, because people like to see that and um, the app hasn't had um, that to, to, you know, a big enough extent as of late, but we're making a lot of updates right now to exactly this. So the way that people can check their statistics on, on their liquid dot staking. Another thing is making it, um, we want to make it easier for people to, um, go into the T dot product that I mentioned because the best way, the best possible path is dot to L dot to T dot because you can basically T dot the more L dot that's in the T dot pool, the higher the the yield that the T dot asset itself gets. So we're trying to make it easier so that people don't have to figure out like all these different steps. So when someone um, is going to stake, there will be an option to just basically tick a you know a toggle or check a box basically to go um, directly into TDOT and mint that synthetic form of DOT. Um, so these are a couple, um, yeah, I guess those are the two kind of biggest things coming is like LDOT, user experience improvements, statistics and dashboards, um, and then uh, TDOT kind of more deeply integrated into the, the apps. Awesome. Yeah, really cool. Looking forward to this. Um, and like, we have one last question here from Apicheck. Um in your opinion, is this the only future for stablecoins or is there a future way where we fully break the tie to fiat? So like, does do stablecoins need to be um, denominated in USD or can there be like a, a crypto native denomination or like, yeah, anything like this? Yeah, I don't know. These are a little bit, these are kind of mind benders. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm smart enough to figure that out over the next, you know, the 20 plus year. Um, time horizon, but I don't know. You, you kind of have to look at like product market fit, like look at the stable coins right now that have the most adoption and the most use it's USDC and USDT. Um, that tells me it, it's very obvious that the most demand is for the U S dollar backed um, stable coins. If you look at the whole world too, outside of crypto, um, the, the reserve currency is still the dollar despite this whole recession that we're in and all of these kind of like just, you know, all the madness going on right now in the world and, and all these different aspects, um, the, the dollar is still strengthening somehow against all these other um, currencies. 
the the Russian ruble has this crazy effect right now because of gas and, and oil, but the dollar is still um, kind of the asset that everything in the world is quoted in. So I would be, it's going to take a long time for there to ne be a need for something that's not tied to the dollar. Um, and if, and when that does happen, I don't know what that will look like and, and what that will be called or what that will be kind of tied to, but people have tried this of course in crypto. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone just thinks, in dollars um for, for now right. so we'll, we'll have to see where that goes yeah definitely and i mean the us is still like one of the biggest economies in the world um so uh, it just makes a lot of sense as well and i guess as long as the crypto economy is not uh getting bigger bigger than the us economy um it's maybe hard um to like um yeah introduce like a crypto native stablecoin in that sense um but yeah um it won't be a long pass until then um <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, crypto is moving very fast and um, we have uh, so many exciting things going on. Um, like, yeah, we, we discussed a lot of great things today uh, around Akala and uh, like AUSD, LDOT and everything. So I'm, I'm really grateful to have you on the show, Dan. Um, thank you so much. Um, is there like anything like you would like to mention? Like how can uh, our listeners follow you how can um they stay up to date with akala and everything that's going on for for ldot and ausd yep um a few ways so our twitter is probably our most active channel so that's at akala network a-c-a-l-a -A. um and then yeah if you go to our website you can definitely learn a lot more about like ausd and, and all of our different products We have a newsletter sign up there if you're interested in kind of the, the bigger announcements that come out less frequently. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter kind of talking a lot about Akala and, and Polkadot. Um, just if you just search my name um, and yeah, feel free to ask questions We're, we have a very active discord. Um, so if people are interested in asking questions, come there, ask on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate the time. This has been fun um, talking about all this stuff. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dan. Um, thank you everyone for watching. Um, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. If you want to see more, more videos like this, um, check out previous episodes and uh, just comment below. Like if you, if you like this kind of content, if you uh, have any suggestions or anything, just, just let us know and let us know like who you would like to see next on the show. Um, and until then, um, for for everyone, um, I'm Mirko. Uh, happy staking, and uh, we see each other soon.